0: Before we get in the word look at your neighbor and say i look like a million bucks go ahead and tell him that this morning yeah i wasn't meaning me i was i wasn't meaning me what's up live stream live stream there are people watch there are people who watch this loh uh sunday morning all around the country and that's pretty cool huh that's pretty cool hi live stream we love you guys gals out there We're in a series called Treasure, and today's message I've titled The Treasure of Release. Jesus said that when a person finds a treasure, a real treasure, at least they think a real treasure, something that he or she has truly been searching for, that person will sell all they have to get that treasure. But the problem is, in this world, we've all been guilty of selling out for less than best at times. And then we find out many times that what we thought was valuable, what we thought was worth it all, turned out to be of no value at all. And for some, it turned out to be worse. It turned out to be destructive. And sometimes, People have searched and given everything up to find that what they thought they wanted, they not only didn't want, but now they want out because now they're in a prison. Greater hardship has happened and tighter bondage has been birthed. That treasure quest was no quest at all. There are places in the world where people are still today longing for political freedom because they are under tyranny. There are places today where people are longing for religious freedom because they have none at all. But Jesus said that he came to set the captive free. Jesus said that he came to free a person so they would be truly free. And this is the treasure of release that we're going to talk about today. The Bible says, and we've been looking at this all month long, that the grace of God has appeared and the light of that grace has revealed the truth to us. And I want the Lord to reveal truth to us today. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give me the Spirit's power to glorify you by the words that I speak that the gospel that I present today would bring glory to your name I pray that what I share today would go past the mind and get into the heart of the matter in all of our lives those that are in this room those that are watching today right now live around the wherever and those who will watch it as we share this in days to come across The World Wide Web. I pray today that any person bound would be free. Any person lost would come to find life in Christ. Every person who has lost sight of the true mission of life would be arrested today and be set on fire again to be all about the Master's business. I pray that for me and for this church. And we ask it in Jesus' name because he is worthy of all praise. And everybody said... Grace has appeared. What does grace show us? Well, grace shows us these things. Grace shows us that God longs for all all souls to be set free. That's what God's heart is all about. Grace shows us that every person, saved or lost, longs to be set free Everybody in the world knows something. They know that something is missing. But not everybody knows what that is, and not everybody knows what to do about it, or how to find real freedom. Grace shows us that Satan lies. Grace tells us something we don't know. Satan is a liar. And Satan promises freedom, but that is a lie. Because what Satan defines as freedom actually binds us in greater darkness. But God in his grace loves us so much, and because of his love, he appears in the light. And that light says to every person, now, you, regardless of your past, regardless of your present, regardless of who you are, where you are, now, you Anyone, everyone can come to a new place of release in Jesus Christ. Why is release a treasure? Because grace is a release from the poison of sin. Toxic delusion on the inside, which creates turmoil on the outside. Sin is poisonous, and that poison is in everybody's soul. Sin is a poison running recklessly and rampantly through every person's life. But grace has appeared to release us from the poison of sin. Uh, Grace is a release to free us from the position of sin. An old 60s lyric says, we've got to get out of this place if it's the last thing we ever do. How many hippies are in the room? Anybody here? Yeah, me too. We got to get out of this place if it's the last thing we ever do. Paul expressed the same kind of frustration of being in a position of despair, of being in a position where sin's grip held him captive even though he knew the Word of God. He was still bound. And he says, I know what is right, but I do what is wrong. I intend on doing right, but then I go about and do what I don't want to do. And he says, oh, what a wretched man I am. Who can release me from the bondage of this death? Then he shouts, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace, the treasure of release. Grace appeared to release us from the position of sin. I thought of trying to find an illustration that would describe this, and I began to think about, I'm going to find a story about a young woman or young man who was bound in human sex trafficking and got rescued. You know, there are ministries and missions around this world rescuing young women, young men from human trafficking. Do you know there are more people in slavery, human slavery and sex slavery today than at any time in the history of the world And I thought, I'll read something about them and share that. Then I thought, no, no, no. I'll find a, a story from a, from a man or a woman, a, a, a black person from the 1860s who, 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 who had been bound in, in slavery in the United States but w- realized what the Emancipation Proclamation brought. I thought, I'll, I'll do that. But then I thought, no, 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 no. That wouldn't be accurate because they were unjustly bound. And man is justly bound in sin because we chose to be that way. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Sounds like Twitter. Um, Anyway, Romans 3. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have turned away. That's an intention. All have become useless. Romans 3.12, no one does good, not a single one. He continues in verse 13, their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Verse 14, their mouths are full. Aren't you glad you're not a they or maybe... Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't even know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Romans 3, 14 through 18. Paul is talking about the universality of the toxicity, the poison and the position of sin and the bondage that comes from it in life. And until we know we're bound, we won't want to get free. Until we know that there is a destructive poison, toxicity in every person's soul that's living, there will be no desire to get freed from it. And let me tell you this. And until we know there is a judgment on sin, not only in this world, but in the one to come, we may not be out searching for the treasure of release as we should be. I wrestle with telling you this, but there is a hell. I'm sitting there thinking, we're singing these wonderful, wonderful God ordained songs this morning about love. And I'm thinking, oh, great, they don't know. I'm going to talk for a minute about hell today. (laughs) Joy, joy, happy, happy. Pastor Debbie Downer. (laughs) There is a place that was never prepared for people, it was prepared for the devil, it was prepared for angels that fell with him. There is a place for those who have lived under the spell of the devil in their life, who never came under the blood of Jesus. There is a place for people who have said a willful no to the offer of mercy from heaven. There is a place for people who are too cool for school when it comes to taking the offer from God to get into the ark before the door closes. There is a place called hell, for those who are too good for God's salvation. And so they make up their own definition of Christianity, righteousness, goodness, and declare basically, not out of their mouth, but in their life, I am the judge of my own morality. There is no hell because I say so. And before the last heartbeat and the last breath is inhaled and exhaled, people need to know there is a hell. And every person not only needs to be saved from sin, but saved from the eternal consequences of sinning against a holy God, of saying no to their need to honor the suffering of heaven's king who was beaten like a dog and died on a bloody cross so that we could have the opportunity to come into the righteousness of God offered to all. And unless grace appeared, we wouldn't know that. Maybe it's time for Christians to take some time and read those passages about that place. Maybe if we'd look into the fiery furnace and see the rich man without any name crying out for water, and pleading with those to go and tell his brothers to not come there. Our appreciation for the blood and the cross and the grace of God might actually become a treasure in the church again. The treasure of release. It's almost psychologically intolerable to gaze at that truth too long. I I totally understand that. But if that place is real, we have to remember that. The joy of being set free is greater in the lives of people who have known the power of bondage, who have known the pain of being broken, who have known where they were headed before God in His mercy intercepted them on the path. Freedom is treasured. People like these find a promise of freedom as a treasure that they'd now pay any price for. I was buried beneath my sin, someone might say and celebrate recovery tomorrow night. But Jesus intercepted my life and set me free. Remember back in the old days when people told their testimonies of how God set them free from sin? Grace did this for us. I said, grace did this for us. We couldn't do that. No man could ever pay a price to get free from the power of the poison in the soul. No man could ever pay a price to get free from the position and the power of that sin that kept us bound in a place we didn't want to be. Why could no man do that? Because only a pure, sinless man could pay that price. Let's look at how God did it. The release that's the treasure of treasures is like the Genesis effect. The Bible says, For the grace of God has appeared and offers salvation to all people. We couldn't free ourselves. Did you ever try? Did you ever try? We couldn't free ourselves, but... Out of nothing on us, out of nothing in ourselves, something happened from God. Out of nothing we did, out of nothing we could do. God, just like saying, let there be light, said to me and said to you, let there be life. Something happens, something new. God creates life where no life exists. When a person, regardless of what you've done or who you are, when you hear the good news and you believe it, God creates in you, like in the book of Genesis, out of nothing, a brand new thing, a new creation, a new creation. The Spirit is on the water over your soul, hovering over you, waiting for you to say, I believe the Gospel. And if you do that, Jesus was born to raise the sons of earth. Jesus was born to give any person second birth. And when we believe, God says, let there be life. And you are released. The release is like a Genesis effect. If we receive the light, He who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things pass away, all chains pass away, and all things, say all things, all things become new. Man, good news. Good news. Release. It's like an exodus from the bondage of the soul. It says, Jesus gave himself for us to what? Redeem us from all wickedness. This word redeem in the days of the writers of the New Testament, Paul, the people who heard the word redeem, they they knew exactly what that meant. It's a word that speaks of a price a person pays to purchase a person. Can you imagine? People were up for sale back then. They still are today. We just, we just call it by different names. Redeemed meant that somebody with money had the power, if they met the price, to own somebody else. But it also meant if someone in the goodness of their heart saw somebody bound in slavery they would go and pay a price that would set that person free. Redeemed is the word. The Bible says that Jesus gave himself for us. We couldn't pay the price to free ourselves because the price was holy perfection and there was no holy person or perfect person. But that's not all. The price that was required To be paid for you and I to be free required not a life but a death. And it was a death of a holy, perfect human. Not gold, not silver, because that couldn't free the soul. Let me say that again. Gold and silver cannot free the soul. But the blood of Jesus can. Hallelujah! and the blood of Jesus breaks the power of every sin. Listen, there is no spiritual chain that can withstand the freeing power of the holy blood of Jesus Christ. And if you don't clap, every angel of God will outclap you. There is no spiritual chain that can withstand the freeing power of the holy blood of Jesus Christ. There is no demonic stronghold tight enough that will not yield when the power of the blood of Jesus Christ comes upon that chained person. That chain must break. That chain must break because the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than any chain the devil can wrap any man or woman in. Salvation is a new exodus, a true exodus. Release, we're talking about the treasure of release. Something that will make you sell everything and go buy what I'm talking about. It's like the promised land, only better. Titus says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. What does grace does? Guilt doesn't. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is, what's that word? Good. Good. You know what that says? Slaves of sin can't say no to ungodliness for very long. Slaves of sin can't say no to worldly passions for very long. But freed sons and daughters can. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Slaves of sin can't live in purity. But God's kids can. Come on, Ollie. You listening to me today? Let's let's go. Let's go. Hey, you crazy row. You listening to me today? Come on. Slaves of sin don't have an eagerness to contribute heavenly blessings of power in the world or set people free. But sons and daughters of God in grace, in Christ, Can. The blood washes us from our sins so we can be prepared to live a brand new kind of life. Freed people, freeing people, bringing heaven's goodness into a world that doesn't have any. Come on, somebody. The great thing about this treasure of release is that God, I love this, come on. God puts a want to in my soul. Not a have to. If you got up today and your mom and dad said, we're going to church, and you said, do I have to? (laughs) If you're the pastor of another church, your wife got up today and said, you have to go to God, yeah, do I have to? God, I was walking across campus, 1980-something, and one of my professors, this little lady, British lady, she walks up to me and she goes, oh, brother, do you know God can... Make his desires your desires? Do you know God can turn your Christianity from a have to to a want to? He's that big brother. I was like, can I follow you around the rest of my life? (laughs) Sister Ruth Bruce, Christianity and grace is a promised land life. It can put inside of us the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. When everybody else wanted to wander and wonder, they said, let's go take this mountain right now. And they not, didn't only say it in the first year, the second year, but 40 years later, Caleb says, I'm as strong today as I was from the very first day that Joshua said I could have this mountain. I'm going up in the hill country, baby. I don't know what you're going to do, but I've got grace and a want to in me. i got a want to in me. Give me my mountain. Salvation is a promised land life. A release. A release. God showed this to me. After decades and decades of having a lot of knowledge and having a grace awakening in my life early in my life, I got all caught up in some kind of legalism and some kind of bondage, and I even preached in it. I lived for God, but I battled with things so, and I just was so frustrated, I just felt bound as a free man. And one morning the Lord told me, he said, meet me at the Constitution Park, and I went up to the Constitution Park. And I sat on a bench looking across at the swimming pool and the baby pool and there's like a little mushroom fountain and this cool water is just pouring down off of it. And I'll tell you exactly what happened to me. The Lord Jesus said, what if I told you, if you went and stood under that water fountain, I would break all toxicity out of your soul. I would purify your heart and I would create in you a joy and a passion and a compassion what if I told you all you had to do is go get in that water? And I said these words, if that was the case, I would walk through fire to get in that water, Jesus. And he said, no need to. That water is already on the inside of you. Live free. Live in love. Go up there at that pool. Sit right across from there and just listen for the potter. And the man who made the fountain bring you into new covenant Christianity. New is way better than the old. The spirit of freedom is a spirit who creates new desires. I can actually have a desire to worship God. I can actually have a desire to serve people. I can actually have a desire to give and lift others up. I can actually have a desire to share the message of God's blessings and love for people. I can actually want to get up in the morning, even on Monday. I can actually want to because this is a release that leads me into a promised land life. How does this happen? God breaks the power by His blood. God lifts us out by His hand. It's the Passover effect to Him who loves us and frees us from our sins by His blood. God told Moses that He would come after midnight and break the power of bondage off the people of Israel. But in order for it to take place, a lamb would have to be slain, a year-old lamb without spot or blemish. And only by the blood of that lamb would the people escape judgment, death, and find real freedom. God was in Christ not counting our sins against us, but laying them on Himself as a Lamb who gave Himself to redeem us from all wickedness. Wow. Now the prophets of Israel described a time when an act of God's freeing work would be so powerful, that so majestic, that it would cause the exodus from Egypt to pale in comparison in the minds of God's people. And Isaiah focuses in even more on this truth, and he points to this mysterious individual called God's servant. And he would be the one who would do this freeing act. He would suffer more than any man. His image would be so marred that he didn't look like a human being, but that act would offer freedom to all. He would be wounded, he would be crushed, and he would suffer. But not for his own crimes that he committed, for he committed none. Not for his own sins, because he was sinless, but for me, but for you, but for all. Isaiah sees this one, and his garments are stained in blood. And Isaiah asks him, why are your garments stained in blood? And the Messiah says, I walked through the winepress all by myself. I went by myself and brought salvation for all. Everybody right now say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're still welcome in church. Thank you, Jesus. This is your church not mine, it's not ours. We're just here because we're just blessed in your mercy. That we're hearing things that prophets of old longed to hear. We're hearing things now that Peter said angels are looking right down into the church every time the pure gospels preached. Hello angels, we welcome you today. Thank you Jesus. So how does this happen? We're talking about a treasure of release. We're talking about something when the light bulb goes off, in your life that you'd sell everything to buy this. God creates a new nature in us. God positions us where His Spirit can be the dominant factor in our lives. That's right. Grace does it. God does it. You know what some of us need to do? We've struggled so long trying to be Christian. We've struggled so long trying To be righteous. We've struggled so long trying to do what we know we should do without a want to. Here's what you do stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Michael Card says it's like this, to allow myself to be loved by God in my deepest brokenness is to experience a love that defies human comprehension. Go stand under the fountain of the waters of heaven for free. The treasure of release. Release. Titus 3 says we've been set free to bring the message of freedom to the captives until he comes back again that we with the light in us are to allow the light to shine out of us you know back in the back back in the in the, in the first uh, church century the church didn't expect the lost to come to the temple The church didn't expect the lost to come to their gatherings. The church did not create an environment in the gathering of the church and expect the people to show up that didn't know Jesus. It was exactly the opposite. The church went out to where the lost people were because they knew, ready? Jesus expected them to do that. The lighthouse shines out, not on. The lighthouse shines out, not in. We have been set free to bring the message of freedom to the captives until he comes back again. We'll end the series next week talking about the fact, fact, that Jesus is going to come back again. Now is the time to take this freedom that has come our way and offer our lives to see the glory of his name light up the lives of people. To see people set free. Because it was never God's intention for any living thing to die And it was never God's intention for any living human being to live in death and to die lost. Jesus died to free us. And if we are free and we know this, we need to open our eyes to the fact that there are people in danger, in the dungeons, and in the darkness. And it's only by the grace of God that we have come into the light. And now we must shine that light to people. Because just like we were at a time we didn't know, they don't know. There are people who are under judgment. There are people, toxic with sin unchecked. There are people lost and don't know how to get it right. There are people asleep and don't know how to wake up until grace appears. Grace. There's this young boy that grew up in my neighborhood until middle school age. was kind of like a Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn kind of kid from the south that moved up the street from us when my son was younger, Dustin was younger, and uh, we just loved this kid, and to make a heartbreaking story short as I can, uh, his family moved away, fell into troubled times, and family went through a, a marriage breakup, and things began to happen in this young man's life, and choices he began to make, and pathways that he began to walk that led him into uh, a lot of bondage and uh, destructive things. But through social media, I was able to reconnect with him, as, as were some others. And my heart, th- 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 this kid got in my heart. A long time ago, a long time ago, and I know that he changed, but in my mind, he was still that kid. God made that stay that way with me because I had compassion. I wrote him. He watched our live stream sometimes. And would make comments about loving, loving us, and loving me, and loving the kids. Tell, tell my son, my son, how proud, how, and on and on. And uh, and uh, you know, I talked to him and. And uh, and I know this. I know. I know. I know he gave his life to Jesus. Now he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, his his feet were shaky, and and he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't walking. You know the, you know, where where he could have been. And and, uh, and, and listen. Um, I felt deep in my heart that I was supposed to invite this young man to to come up here. Uh, on my dime, if need be, or on your dime, if need be, um, I wasn't going to ask, I mean, I'll ask your permission, but anyway, uh, because, hey, is there a price you can put on a soul? Anyway, uh, I was trying to think about how to get him in a Hope Home at City Reach and, and this and that, and, and, uh, and I'll tell you what, I'll just tell you this, I felt in my heart of hearts that that was the will of God. For me to do. That I I felt in my heart. Have you ever had where you feel like God's telling you something? And then you did it. Raise your hand. And then you're so thankful you did it. I'm going to ask you something else. Don't raise your hand for this, but I will. Have you ever felt like God was telling you something. And you didn't do it for whatever reason? That's what I feel like I did. I have no revelation that I could have saved his life I have no revelation that he would have taken up my offer but here's what I do have a revelation of the Holy Spirit told me to do something and I didn't say no I just said not yet and got distracted and er, and last week when I'm sitting down at the baseball field at seven o'clock in the morning Came here to unlock for the Imani kids. Sitting down there talking, thinking how great God is, I get a message from his mother that said that he was killed the night before. And this isn't about me. And I do not want comforted. I don't want, you know, you know, when things happen, we can psychologically, like Pink Floyd, we can comfortably numb ourselves instead of dealing with things that we're supposed to deal with. I don't need somebody to give me a scripture that says, well, God understands. Yeah, you know what God understands. He does, but he knows I didn't do that. And why am I saying that? Oh, Tim, don't beat yourself up. I'm not beating myself up. I'm just saying this. While we make sure we don't beat ourselves up, and while we make sure we just keep medicating ourselves, and isolating and insulating ourselves, and while it's too psychologically traumatic to talk about hell, It is real, and people are going there, and it might be someone you hit golf balls with. It might be someone you drink beers with at the Kenny Chesney concert. It might be somebody that you walk the halls of school with this year. And while you're thinking that they got a lot of time just like you have a lot of time, nobody knows how much time any of us have. Even if you sit on your watch to be on time, that doesn't mean you're going to meet every appointment right. There is, there, there is something that the grace of God is trying to say to all of us. I'm going to close right now. I don't know if I hit the last note of the thing that was the cue for you guys to come up or not. But uh, I don't know if I did or didn't. But anyway, I was talking to my prayer partner this week, and we were both talking about the very same thing. This isn't in the notes, guys, if I'm messing you up. I'm almost done, though. And we were talking about the Holy Spirit coming close to both of us, and neither one of us knew this, and just saying, hey, now listen, I'm talking about the grace of God here. But both of us said that we have been feeling the Holy Spirit speaking to us with love, but still, hey, wake, wake up. Hey, hey. Hey, get back up on the higher road. Hey, hey, quit messing around. Quit goofing off. Quit joking around. I don't mean a call to more, being morbid and depressed. I don't mean that. But some things can't afford your distractions. I I can't have you practicing on eternal souls. I'm just talking about me right now. I don't know where you are. But the grace of God has appeared. Not so we can go to sleep. Not so we can have me, mine, and ours. Not so we can just celebrate on the dock with people drowning 10 feet away we can't even decide whether we're going to give 10% of our income to the Lord. Where if we had 10% from everybody that shows up here every week, we would be doing outrageously amounts of more ministry. When it's a treasure every part of you is in Every part. There used to be Christians... There used to be Christian mamas that when their backslidden or half-hearted or lukewarm son would come in from late at night, as they went into their bedroom, they would hear their mama crying out their name to God. There used to be Christians that kept the lamp burning so bright in their church by intercessory prayer. Because they knew that on some Sundays, there might actually radically be an unsafe person that showed up. And they wanted the Holy Ghost to have maybe the only shot in that person's whole life to reach down past all of the toxicity, and tell that person the truth about their soul. There used to be people that cried out like that. I used to hear that there were people that prayed prayers like this, God, give me souls lest I die. There used to be, and it wasn't a have to, You won't do that long if it's a have to. But when the grace of God that comforts us and forgives us and lifts the burdens of our own sins off our life, also puts the burden of the broken and the lost and the bound in our hearts. We will also write songs and sermons about the church being the church to reach people who don't know about the Jesus who created church so people could be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Heavenly Father, nobody is more responsible than me in this room. No one. I will answer for not one person here, but myself. And I pray that the grace of God would sweep across whatever is called the lighthouse of hope, church. And bring people out of bondage into life. And take people who have your life Into the lives of people who are in bondage, doing good, zealous, eager to do what is good. These altars are open for people who say, Lord, I've wandered far away from you, but now I'm coming home. Lord, you opened my eyes today. I've, I'm a believer. I love you. And I, but I've, I've been seduced and I've been wooed by the things of just normal life, the thorns choking my productivity and my fruitfulness. And I thank you for shining a light in my heart and awakening me to my calling to be a warrior, to be somebody that's a light, to goes into dark places and doesn't compromise or fold and, I, and allows your light to shine. I pray these altars today and altars of the heart would be places sanctified by a work of the Spirit, the power of your grace to make Jesus come alive again in every life. We give you praise.